another week, Sammy. Yeah, another one. I'll tell you what, um, after weekends like this, I'm inspired by the great Brian Setzer. Okay. Because I got cat class and I got cat style. Let's start the show. <laughs> totally lost. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the Adam Levine lookalike, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how are you doing? I knew something was coming. I'm pretty sure you just made that up. You, uh, you, I'm doing very well. How are you? You got dressed in that. You're wearing the, the, the colorful, well, I'm sorry, camouflaged wife beater with your tats it, it's hanging a, out. It's a, and, it's a tank top. Yeah, and yet you're just, yeah, sun's, My, sun's out, guns out. The right. problem is it's, it's nighttime. Oh, it was 60 degrees earlier today, so I, could, <laughs> I did get a little excited. But uh, my tattoos make sense, unlike mm-hmm. Adam Levine's. Um, they all have a theme and a, a way about them. His just look kind of look like st- so if you, stick on so tattoos. So if you pull off your shirt, is it just going to say Maryland over top of oh, your, yeah. the center gonna, of your stomach? It's going to say Baltimore. <laughs> That's right. We are recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. Should you want to chat with us, there's many ways you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch with us. Sure, they can get in touch as long as they're not talking about my appearance on social media at at DUFootballShow uh, or via email at DUFootballShow at gmail.com. Please, everybody, I insist, <laughs> talk shit when you All see right. this photo I was just a little lazy today. That was it. And so I threw my scarf on as I walked out of the door because I was running a little bit late from what I told you. You see, when I throw digs, they're actually topical. You saw how that works? <laughs> you just give me so much material to work with, it's easy. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. Sammy, besides Malort, what are we sipping on tonight? <laughs> yeah, uh, both of us again. Another double hitter, huh? Um Tonight, we've got the Redemption High Rye Bourbon, uh, which is going to be 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% barley on your mash bill. Um, aged at least one year in new charred American oak. Uh, 92 proof, going to run you between $24.99 and $29.99 on the shelf. Um, $24.99 being more of a feature price. Uh, $29.99 going to be more of a regular price. Um, and this is all, uh, brand was around for a long time. Kind of went away. Uh, the supplier, William Deutsch, actually bought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start had this idea in their spirits department. They also have a, a few other spirits uh, that they uh, decided they wanted to do a pre-prohibition uh, whiskey revival. Mm-hmm. So they found some recipes and kind of revamped the brand. So they've got a bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and then a straight rye whiskey uh, as well. Very cool. And uh, I was just going to say uh, Redemption. We see you on Insta liking our stuff. That's right. And we are whores. So here we sit, drinking your whiskey currently. It's also very good whiskey. It is exceptional whiskey. Yeah, it's also very good whiskey. You can't really beat that, So uh, especially for that price point. Um, it's a great everyday, come home, need a glass, done wine from work kind of whiskey. Good price point, too, and uh, yep. the high rye build, just kind of like last week's whiskey. Nice, easy drinking, but it's got that nice little pop of rye on the back end of it. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's have ourselves a great show. Hey, yeah, man. I think that was our best clink yet. Yes, it was. <laughs> we're getting uh, we're getting better at this. That's right, Sam. So we start the show with a moment that would forever change footballing history. Oh my goodness, what happened? Dare I say, generational? Oh. 
In the 67th minute at Goodison Park, a true Evertonian took to the field. Shot out into the crowd from the crowd and uplifted all of the Evertonian fans into song. Oh, who was this? This jet black, sturdy, strong kitty cat <laughs> ran onto the pitch. <laughs> That's not someone's nickname, right? With verver, passion, style, and grace. Oh, man. I'm telling you, in the first moments, marauding the interior box of Wolverhampton. Wolves couldn't hit it. They were at sixes and sevens, Sam. For real. Sixes and sevens. They were literally six to seven feet away from this cat. <laughs> they didn't want to get near it. Shunk Tusun, realizing this is the moment. This is the moment. I found a new squad mate. I found someone who's going to work with me. And he went out to try to help the uh, little four-legged furry friend, and it just it didn't work out. He never got that marauding pass to the box that he could have put away. It was, it was heartbreaking, but in that moment, the little feline phenom realized, I got to hit the flank, down to the left side of the field, <laughs> box to box with great speed, like a young Leighton Baines, I tell you, like a young Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines looks really old this match, <laughs> and I would have loved to see him to start to work with Richarlson, but Richarlson was trying to do it all on his own anyway, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> Once he finally settled into the defensive zone, he found his position in the vaunted Evertonian zonal marking system, covering absolutely nothing, leaving Jordan Pickford hanging out to dry yet again. At this moment, realizing he had accomplished all he could accomplish, our furry little friend made his way off the pitch. I only pray. This legged it. I only pray that Marcel Brands and Marco Silva got his agent's info because this, this is an inspirational player that needs to be on this squad. In fact, I guarantee you Wednesday when we host City, Southgate's going to be in attendance to watch this five-tool five phenom. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So that being said, Samuel Graham, allow me to raise a shot. <laughs> to you, Goodison Cat, your two and a half minutes of brilliance brought joy and life to our team. Oh, yeah, and we got the shit kicked out of us by Wolverhampton because we're a fucking shit show right now. Cheers. That's fantastic. Thus concludes our coverage of Everton 1, Wolverhampton 3. But, um,. You know what? Let's look at the positive notes. What's that? Liverpool lost points today. Hey, there you go. Yay! We got a proper title race on now, don't we? Liverpool won, West Ham won. Sammy, what would you think of that match, man? Whew. Uh, West Ham were real value for money, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know if it's true, but I did see a report that uh, Gomez is now out for the rest of the year uh, for Liverpool. Um, I haven't verified it, so I'm not sure. But um, if so, that's very worrying. Yeah, that it's exceptionally worrying because oh, yeah. it seems like Matip isn't going to necessarily be the answer. Lovren isn't necessarily the answer. Like, And Van Dyke can't do it all on his own. Well, Lover, Lovren's better than Matip, 
Gomez is better than Lovren, but is also their cover for the right side. They loaned out Nathaniel Klein, Alexander Arnold's hurt. So now he's going to come back and now be the only right back again if Gomez is going for the season. And Lovren's hurt right now as well. I'm not sure when he's coming back. I haven't uh, looked into that very hard, to be honest with you, so I don't know. Um, but Matip was getting worked today. Oh, yeah. Um, West Ham, in my opinion, were the better team. And, I agree. I mean, regardless of the the brilliant football that Adam Lallan uh, played, let me start there. It was a fantastic buildup. James Milner was offsides, and the goal shouldn't have stood. Oh, uh, that was exactly what I was about to ask. Yeah, it was the, hands down offsides. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was great work, and you know, had he released the ball a little bit earlier, it would have been fine. But he held on it. The referee, the linesman, is a little bit out of position, but even from where he was, should have been able to see it. Um, Mane, good feet, finished well. But despite that, West Ham should have scored multiple goals in this game, uh, and really should have really should have taken it. Um, Go ahead. Liverpool, um, using the vaunted Everton zonal marking system, yeah. found themselves giving up a goal and almost giving up a second one. Mm-hmm. Rice Rice should have had his, the yeah. freak getaway header. Uh, he only likes to score against us. <laughs> That's true. Um, now, the one thing I was going to say I noticed about Liverpool is they seem to be playing very narrow. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of it was um, Mane and Salah coming back five to 10 yards and then trying to dribble into the box dead center and they get past one or two defenders, but it was never the third, never the fourth. Like they, it would be like, Oh, okay. That's it. That's what Monty's about to do. He always cuts through everybody. Nope. And all of a sudden you see just one foot poke it away. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed too, um, it's normally Firmino that drops back to collect the ball centrally and allows Mane and Salah to drift wide and, and longer and stretch the field a bit. And then they all kind of converge into the center at once. Right. So it's not one of them necessarily. They can jink through the whole team, but it's not necessarily. They they have an outlet pass or two. You know, they can cut in to Firmino darting towards the front post, lift it over to each other on the far post. They can get Henderson or Fabinho coming in or Keita coming in at the top of the box. Or Milner, you know, they can drop back for a cross. Or Robertson on the other side. There's multiple options for him. When those two players came back, it took everything away. Yeah, the outside backs uh, in Robertson and today James Milner couldn't overlap. Uh, Firmino was left isolated up front, and then they were too far away from the box for one another to really play together and be effective. Yeah, they, so it was difficult. Uh, again, they they look nervous. Oh yeah, they big look, time. They look like it's getting to them. Then you you hear a few of big them time. get interviewed after the match. It is getting to them. Yeah, it, it legitimately is, and for they're sure gonna, they're going to find themselves. Wednesday, City comes to uh, comes to Everton, and I, I love my squad. We're probably going to get our asses kicked by them, and they're going to be top of the table on goal differential. Now, granted, they will have played one game more than Liverpool. Yeah, but you'd always rather have the points on the table than the game in hand. <laughs> you know? And and that just is going to put just eh, that well, just much look, yeah, more I to mean, Liverpool. Just you, exactly, because you're, you're, look at you're, – um, you're talking about – the, the nerves, right? Yeah. I always say, it's an old cliche, but you'd rather have the points on the table than the game in hand. Absolutely. They have a lead, right? Yep. And they still screwed this up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, if you're fighting for your life on goal difference after City beat you uh, at, when they travel to PetSmart on Wednesday, they're going to be uh, <laughs> they're gonna be in first place as a result of goal differential. Now, Liverpool has that game in hand. I think it's against Brighton, maybe. I'm, I'm not. I, it, I think it may be Brighton. 
No, I'm that's not... Chelsea. That's Chelsea against Brighton. No, you're playing extra because of the the uh, League Cup final. Weekend. Yeah, the League Sorry. Cup final. So Liverpool will be on proper games then. Right. But it's it's terrible. You know the nerves, right? Now you're in second place, trying to play catch up, despite mm-hmm. having the game in hand. You know, I mean, those nerves can set in quick, and if they shit the bed, then like they did today, you're gonna be in trouble. And Liverpool's gonna be in big trouble. And and then you start to look at just the overall season as a whole, as we were talking about it. As this season starts to wind down, it becomes when do you play the team that's fighting for their life? Yep. Because at exactly. that point. It doesn't matter if you're the first place team. Yep. It 100%. doesn't matter one bit. If you're going to Southampton or going to Burnley or going to Cardiff City or going to Fulham and they need three points to stay up, yep. they will fight you tooth and nail for those three points. Yeah, it'll harder be, than they ever it, did the rest of the season. Yeah, it'll be one of the hardest matches you face. Um, <clears throat> did you get a chance to hear uh, Klopp post-match? I did not. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Making a lot of excuses. Oh, really? Like, you know, you know, just saying, you know, well, you know, we, we've been, we, we work on how to mark people and how to handle free kicks, but we had smaller men out there today because of injuries. And it's like, I don't know about that. Oh, wasn't Shakiri on the bench? Yeah, he, he was, but That's he the was smallest player. right. But he's, he's referencing probably the, I'm just defense. saying it's nowhere near yeah. the smallest team you could put out. Right. And he's, but he's referencing the defense, and, and he's trying to that, make excuses for the goals that yeah, they but, gave up. Well, the goal that they scored was, was a ball on, played on the ground. Exactly. It, it was, was somebody fell ground. asleep and didn't follow his man on a, a training ground routine that West Ham came up yep. with. Now, it was brilliantly sold by uh, Felipe Anderson. Mm-hmm. He, I thought he was going to whip the ball in. Yep. Um, and he didn't. He just slid it down the right-hand ball. side with Decore kind of – the rest of the West Ham <laughs> forwards are kind of running picks on, uh, on the Liverpool defenders. As Decore ran in front of the line and then rounded that corner right as the ball was played, found himself in, in acres of space and just picked out the far corner very well. Everybody was caught off guard. It's going to be fun watching Felipe Anderson play for a big club next season. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. Because he won't be with West Ham. For sure, yeah. That's absolutely. for damn sure. Yep. Um, I just, like I said, I was a little off put with how, you know, kind of excusey. Klopp was starting to be. It's like, come on, man, you're you're a better manager than this. Don't yeah, don't go making the excuses. Just go. I think part of our it day. Is, I think part of it he has to. Yeah, I think he's trying. He feels that his team is under pressure, and I think he's trying to deflect, Heard. trying to protect his team from the scrutiny. If he comes, you know, comes out at this stage and says, "Man, we weren't good enough today," and they're already feeling pressure, that's not going to do them any favors. Okay, well, and I would also you like know to what I'm take saying? a yes. I would like to take a quick moment though to uh, pay homage to uh, David Origi, who um, clearly clearly can't score with the ball on your foot in an open box, That's but terrible. can but can score with your shoulder when a goalie mishits a ball back into play in the final minute. It was terrible. I'm not bitter at all. No, he sh- he should have I mean, a striker nowadays. We heard it on one of the other shows we listened to. They need to be two footed. You know, the strikers need to be two-footed nowadays because you never know the way play is. You never know how and when the ball is going to fall to you. You know, we'll get into it in our game, but one of the shortest guys on the field, Sergio Aguero, had a header. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be ready for when the ball comes to you, and you need to have possess the skill set to accomplish the task at hand. I'm, uh, I'm, I thought it was fitting, though, that he ended up just kind of haplessly hitting it towards Fabianski because, frankly, if they would have pulled that one off, 
then then you would go, oh, yep, that's a team that's going to win a cha- championship yeah, because they found a way when they didn't deserve to win to win. Yep. Not a good weekend for you, was it? Cheers. <laughs> I love it. Doesn't even doesn't even give oh. our producer a chance to take a photo of him. Oh, Just immediately she, throws she, it back. She got me pouring it. Uh huh. I just wanted to get that out of the way to make sure my words were fire. I as they came out. Uh, well, uh, oh, liquid. Uh, what is it? Bottled bitterness. You heard, yeah. <laughs> you're about to go ahead and let go on the bottled bitterness. That's right. Manchester City three, or let's say Sergio Aguero three. Arsenal. <laughs> No, Manchester City and Sergio Aguero two, Sergio Aguero's left hand one, Arsenal one. That's that's later in the notes. We'll talk about that <laughs> one in a second. You go um, ahead. City was by far the better team in this one. Um, we had a you know a, some of the ball, a majority of the ball at, at some points and some stretches, but never really created much. I mean, I'd the, say the, in the second half they were the better side. In the first half it looked pretty darn yeah, good. Yeah, but the the two strikers, uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette, didn't really get a sniff. Um, for real, and uh, it seemed at least uh, offensively that um, that Unai Emery listened to uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's uh, quotes in the speech last week in the uh, in the press last week. I'm sorry, and um, wanted to play up front with Lacazette. So the left side was Monreal. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's let's just go across the back four. Was Monreal, Koscielny, Mustafi, Licksteiner. Then you had a, a central four of uh, Kalazanac. Uh, the two in the middle were Ganduzi and um, uh, Torreira. And then outright you had, which he's only played on the left so far this season, Alex Awobi. And then together up front in a partnership was Aubameyang and Lacazette. Emery's tended to opt for a 3-5, you know, kind of a 3-5-1-1 mm-hmm. kind of situation. But he... But he hasn't. Uh, he decided to change it up today, all of a sudden, and go for a four-four-two. Um, I don't know that it really worked. Obviously, uh, as City really did and very easily dismantled that defense um, for the three goals they did score. It was almost like you know they're stuck in second gear, stuck in second gear, and then oh, there's an opportunity. Let's just go ahead and downshift and then jam it up to fourth gear. You know what I mean, and uh, and shove it down their throat real fast. Um, it seemed like uh, the the commentators, as I was watching the match, was giving uh, uh, Ganduzi a lot of credit, saying he was playing really well. But also, if you noticed, both the goals in the first half, direct results of mistakes he made. I don't think so. I and think they were direct. Right up. I think they were direct results of Licksteiner. Well, Licksteiner, an older man having to play a, a very, Sterling. very, very but, fast winger. Yeah, but one in particular. He received uh, Sterling received the ball after Ganduzi's giveaway. Sure, mm-hmm. but uh, they played it out wide to to uh, Raheem Sterling. Licksteiner was nowhere near him. Then he goes to address him, uh, kind of plays off of him a bit. Sterling cuts back, gives the ball towards the top of the box, and Licksteiner turns his head and promptly runs towards the 18. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of offside trap they played in practice. I don't know what kind of stuff that they talked about. But where I'm from, you typically stay with your man or at least keep eyes on him. He completely ran away. One more touch, dink over the top. Raheem Sterling is on the byline by himself with Licksteiner unable to catch up. Ball gets played across. Aguero has a tap in. Goal number three. Well, that was the... Um, and then Sterling put the cross in for the first one, I believe. Uh, the second one, the head ball was Sterling on the cross. 
<laughs> no, that was first goal. Sorry, yes, first goal. The first goal was the tap in. The yeah. second goal was the the head ball. No, and first the, goal was the header. The second one was the tap in. Okay. Was it? Was and it the that third blurry? Goal was, you can't remember how the yeah, game I, went. Yeah, I had a few Guinness. You were you were at the Abbey, weren't you? I was at the Abbey. <laughs> and then the uh, the third goal was the uh, the Argentinian hand of God thing. It was not an Argentinian hand of God. That was not a handball. It was not intentional. He was sliding in. He had his arm up to get his arm out of the way, and it hit the underside. No, it was not it, a handball. It was absolutely a handball because his not hand was down here by his side. Uh, we apologize. This isn't the best audio feature, and he punched it right in the back of the net. He did not punch it into the back of yes, the did. net. You absolutely just, did. You are wearing your Gooner color, color, colored glasses Watch again. it again. Watch it again, and everyone agrees with me. No, not everybody agrees with you. You are a liar. Everyone I heard agrees with me on the Arsenal forums. All right, so, yeah, of course on the <laughs> Arsenal forums. <laughs> no, but seriously, he handballed and, it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we should have won or should have got a draw or anything like that. And really, it should have still been 3-1 because Mustafi should have been called for a penalty when he bundled over Aguero as he ran freely into the box for no reason. And that should have been a penalty. So take oh, away the oh, handball, the mis- which the was Mustafi, a, the Mustafi yeah. one. Oh God, yeah. yeah. What was so he thinking? Take away the handball, and then give the penalty for Mustafi. It's still three one. It's a fair result. I'm not complaining about that. It just sucks, and I had to drink my lord for it. Um, interesting uh, omission from the uh, team that day. Um, and, and I'm honestly, I'm not going to give you the whole Katie Lang mess with you shtick. I don't care anymore. Like. That's where you need someone creative. Yeah. And, and there's obviously there's a disconnect between him and Emery. We're, we're, obviously, we're talking about Mesut Ozil. Um, but clearly, he could have offered something to that match because there was, there, there was clearly the lack of someone to get the forwards the ball. But did he do and anything like against Cardiff? No. No, he didn't. He right. Didn't, and that's but, one of the worst teams in the league. I, it's wh- wh- Where do you think it stands now with he, him? He played at Brighton when we drew down in Brighton. Do you, do so what's you, the, like, I don't know. I really don't know. And I don't care. And, I mean, and he's gone. i got to assume he's gone. Here's the problem, especially against City. You almost can't play him. The only option is to bring him on with 15, 20 minutes left. Because if you don't, you get rinsed. Because City is now playing 11 against 10. Because mm-hmm. he's not going to play defense. He's just not going to do it. Sorry. And Aubameyang as well. So City's then playing 11 on 9. Right. right? And even Aubameyang is tracked back from time to time, but Lacazette does do more work on that side of the ball. Fair enough. No problems. He's a forward, though, and should be allowed to stand up there. You need a point man. Right. Anyway, Ozil's not going to give you any of that, right? That's not going to happen. So that City offense is now playing against a team that is a man short. Right. And they would wax the floor with us. The couple of times they decided to play football, they did wax the floor with us, and that was with people that tried hard. Yeah. So, I don't... I don't even to be honest with you. I don't care anymore. Just resolve the issue. Either decide he's going to play or decide he's not going to play. Right. But pick one. You know, at this point, we're not going to you know fall into tenth. No. Not you even st- close. You still got a shot at a we're, Champions League spot. I think yeah. a good shot at a Champions so, League spot. So, but that's getting less and less every day. So my my idea is, I I truly believe now we're probably going to finish in fifth or sixth. Okay. In the Europa League places, we're out of the FA Cup. So play him and put him in the shop window. Start him every single game. Yeah. Put him in the shop window. Let somebody want to take a chance on him. Let him play seven brilliant passes for the rest of the season over the next 12 games. What do we have left? 13 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, let him play, you know, those those 13 or 14 fantastic balls that he'll have and then score two goals 
do his little M and suck his thumb for his niece. Good on him. And then sell him for $20 million and we'll pay fifty grand of his wages. Yeah, just to get him out the door. Get him out the door. Um, I don't because uh, he is stopping us from signing players. I'm going to come on to that uh, later in my closing remarks as well. Got it. Well, there's also I actually wrote a sermon today. If you oh nice, <laughs> I got, oh, some, I got I some mean, shit to talk about. So, so both of us decided to go to our creative writing <laughs> yeah, system. Absolutely. Huh? Um, one last stat to point out that is just mind boggling. The second half, City had 13 chances on net. Arsenal zero. No shot. Nothing. Yeah. Not even not even like an attempt. Well, and again, like I said, that's with players that play defense. Yeah. Right? So what is Ozil gonna provide at that point? Yeah, not much. Right. They would just they would have had seventeen and we would have had one. What's the difference? You know, it's not like we gain anything from that. All right. Well then You know what I mean? Yeah, true. True. That's let's it. uh let's round out the tops the rest of the top six. We have uh Manchester United one, Leicester City zero. Tottenham 1, Newcastle 0, and Chelsea 5, but it was against Huddersfield 0. Yeah. Um, look, these are all professional wins across the board, and we could sit here and romance about them, but uh, I'd rather listen to my producer slam a phone down <laughs> on the uh, on the table so I can hear him go... Shed a crop of corn dye. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but I'd rather uh, talk a little bit more about how the... Um, top six finish out right yeah so here's what we got looking um, um we're not we're going to exclude um man city and liverpool because i think those two are fighting for a title and people can say spurs aren't out of it but spurs, spurs are, are out, out of it, it. um <laughs> right on time that was good. um it was really good I was so, so surprised I didn't even talk into the mic. So here's the uh, other four. Here's the other four teams, and here's what their um, schedules are looking like. Chelsea, for the rest of the season, they have to play. They get Spurs at home, but then they get City, Liverpool, and Manchester United all on the road. That's tough. Man United plays home to Liverpool, at Arsenal, home to City, and home to Chelsea. Arsenal only has to play two of the remaining five big teams. They play at Tottenham, which that's a record book out the window. Doesn't mean anything because it's two bitter rivals playing each other. Yeah, we, we play at Wembley, not at Tottenham because right. they don't have a, a stadium. Very true. And uh, and then you play home to United. And then Spurs play at Chelsea, home to Arsenal, at Liverpool, and at City. Looking at this as a whole, I see Chelsea and Spurs with more bumps, tougher matches yeah. than both you and United. And as close as it is in points, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw United third, you fourth, and then say like Spurs fifth and Chelsea sixth. Now I have a, a question. I don't know if you if you wrote it down. Does <clears throat> when does Tottenham play most of those teams? Do you know? <clears throat> um they're they're in order. Um so they play Spurs, I think it's this month, February. Okay. Then you in March, right. early March. Probably too early for Hurricane, though. Yeah, and then um, I believe Liverpool is the end of March, and City is the start of April. Okay. So those, what I would be worried about is those last two games where Tottenham could probably pick up points because Harry Kane's coming back, he'll be fresh. Um, and yeah, but last both- season he did the same thing when he went out for a couple of months. He came back and scored like seven and four games or something ridiculous. Yeah, but at Anfield, which 
I to as we've been saying is tough on the on the Reds right now because yeah, they but haven't been looking exactly that good. with all the but, nervous energy and everything else. If they don't have a ten point lead and they're not playing freely, I could see Tottenham stealing points but, from them. But at City, City, I mean, that's lo- be, City yeah, loves when yeah, you walk into their building. That's true, and especially yeah. with a chip on your shoulder. Uh, considering well, this weekend they get. Uh, Chelsea at City. You don't think City remembers them beating them at the yep. start of the? Ooh, exactly. They're going to be yeah, ready they're gonna wipe for the them. floor with them. Um, so I wrote down a tentative, a tentative top six, mm-hmm. and I think I still think Liverpool's going to have enough in the tank. Okay. Um, and I think the reverse. The reason, I think City. Part of the reason is, uh, I think it was Jurgen Klopp that won the German title. <coughs> Yeah. After eight years of Bayern Munich straight, yeah, with you know, so I think he's going to have enough experience in that frame over the marathon that is the season, not necessarily a cup final, which he's lost every single one he's been in, mm-hmm. um, which we've referenced before. Right. But I think he'll have enough experience and get enough out of his players. It's still in Liverpool hands at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll have enough to get it over the line. Okay, I so really you got do. Liverpool City. Um, Liverpool, then City. And then I have Tottenham in third, Man U in fourth, and then us and Chelsea interchangeable fifth and sixth. Okay. Reason being, Iguain looked like absolute garbage against Bournemouth. Um, didn't really get a sniff. The team didn't really know how to play with him. Then they played Huddersfield, but, I mean, Bowie High School would have put up a better defensive yeah. <laughs> chip, you know a, a better defensive uh, effort uh, against Chelsea than than Huddersfield did. So, I don't know that you can really judge it. That also being said, he is a top-level striker, played most of his career in Italy, and um he's always scored goals wherever he's been, Napoli, Juve, uh the last little thing at Milan wasn't very, you know, wasn't wasn't very keen for both teams to be honest. More creative bookkeeping, so right. Juve could sign Ronaldo. Um so he didn't really belong and didn't get the service. So I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come good yet. I think we need another two, three weeks to figure that out for sure. And I might readjust that. Um, but I do think uh, Liverpool will have enough to get over the line. Like I said, I think City will finish a very, very close second. I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, end to the title race. Um, Tottenham, get they didn't screw up the way I wanted them to screw up when they were missing the three best players in their team. So, I have officially given up. Tottenham is a good team. I've finally thrown the towel in. Isolate that. Tottenham is a good team from Sam Graham, their number one fan. Fuck off. Okay? In this week's... Oh, so that happened. Brighton nil. Watford nil. Exciting. Burnley won. Southampton won. Palace 2, Fulham nil, and Cardiff 2, Bournemouth mill. Mill. Nil. Nil. I should say the word nil. Let me, so, can I ask you a question? Uh, yes. Uh, what was the first one you said? Um, Burnley, Watford? I, Is that right? I have written here, well, Brighton and Watford played a football match. Next. All right. Burnley. So, <laughs> so what I want to do is I would challenge the listeners to go back and listen to the very exciting uh, exclusive transfer roundup from Thursday's uh, show, the one that dropped on Friday. Oh, fear not. That'll and, get its that'll and, get its just due at the end of the show. And then rewatch that game and tell me which one was more exciting. <laughs> oh, clearly <laughs> you. Absolutely. Clearly you. 100%. At least we had some atmosphere in the room for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was just nil-nil. Eh, there's going to be a lot of games like that as, as the yeah. season wears on and, and the records especially don't down matter. There. Well, especially yeah. down there. They yeah. both would rather have a point than no points. Right, precisely. You know, somebody's going to drop points along the line, so I'd rather pick up one now. And it's it's more about stopping you from gaining maximum points than it is taking them for myself. Right. If I can stop you, I will stop you. Yeah. Um, so... Burnley, I think, was pretty hard done. That should have been a penalty early on. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, but uh, Barnes also lucky to not see red because he lost his mind on the ref, then lost his mind on the on the uh, linesman. On the I mean, assistant, he, yeah. yeah. I mean, he really uh, dangerously close to touching him, even like like you looked like you was about to bump him. I mean, it was bad. He's got to he's got to learn. You don't get the call. You got to keep your cool. You well, can't lose it. Part of the problem is Ashley Barnes, I believe, is in his late 20s, early 30s. I don't know how much he's going to change. Yeah, true. Oh, um, Palace 2, Fulham nil. Palace doing enough. Think they'll probably escape. Fulham not doing enough and won't be so lucky. I mean, it's pretty nope. simple. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought that um, losing Zaha for, for a match would, would hurt him. But, you know, clearly it didn't. Um, you know, uh, Bachuai, who they just picked up um, from uh, Chelsea. Scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, you know, we said they were going to need to make a, quote, Loftus-Cheek kind of move like they did yep. last season. They did. Looks like they made it. Yeah. And it'll pay off. It's Absolutely pretty simple. Will. Especially with the way that Andrews Townsend has is, is picked up his form lately. So you have somebody that'll supply him. You have Zaha. It's kind of your flair player. You know, like um, Pereira for uh, Watford. <laughs> Uh, kind of your flair player. We'll chip in with a couple goals, have a couple of an assist, but really just takes the focus away from everybody else uh, on the defense mm-hmm. and allows, frees up space for other people. Gets the fouls, holds the ball up for you, does those sorts of things that, you know, puts a cheeky little ball through in the middle of the pass before the pass, the hockey assist, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we'll do that because he's drawing two, three players at a time to stop him, opens up stuff on the uh, 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 other side of the pitch. Yeah, they're they, they, they're going to be fine. It looks like, and yeah. I I didn't think they would be. I thought they were going to be a team in big time trouble. But I think I think they'll figure out a way to get away from it. Um, before we get into the last match, let's kind of you know we didn't really we tried to talk about it last week, but the show had gotten a little bit away from us. Uh, Huddersfield, we know they're definitely going down. Um, Fulham is getting dangerously close to that point. Um, then it kind of leaves you with Cardiff, Burnley. Um, Southampton and Newcastle. You know, where what's that? What are you giggling so about? So I wrote um I did the same thing I did for the top. I put slash marks with the teams that you can interchange. Mm-hmm. Uh Southampton, Burnley, Newcastle, Cardiff, all but with slash marks for the third drop place. Yeah. Uh in nineteenth would be Fulham and in twentieth Huddersfield. Yeah. <laughs> we have the exact same potential six uh to go down uh at this stage of the season. I'm completely with you. Claudio Ranieri did not have the the necessary effect you had one maybe two i mean i think it was out of 13 uh 13 possible points or something like that 12 possible points he picked up seven in a weird stretch just before kind of including boxing day right uh, into just after and a, and then after that they fell apart again they got the one four two win that was it and that's all and then proceeded to drop two back to back again like i it's not enough you need a little bit more consistency now the performance level has stepped up a bit Seems like everybody's back on the same page. They are just not a good enough team. Look, I just want them to uh, 
keep training our next striker in Mitrovic, and, <laughs> and they, Mitro, can go, yeah. they can go down, and we'll pick him up gladly. I heard I heard y'all would rather uh, trade the cat for a Bubakar. Ooh, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um, can fight with Tosun over who takes the penalties next precisely. season. And then um, misses. <laughs> yeah. The, the cat wouldn't have missed the penalty. I can tell you that right now. That that powerful little pussy would have put that right in the lower corner. <laughs> oh my I can guarantee it. I am talking about a pussy cat. I don't know what you're talking about there, killer. Your mind went to the wrong place. I can't wait to see the transfer. I mean, I understand says, this. Love club is taking do you want a hold to go of to? you, Adam Levine. It'll be what, all right. What club do you want to go to? FC PetSmart? I can't wait for that. That's so good. You got well, FC Homeless and FC PetSmart in the league. Now. You know, we've got we've got uh, Angry Birds on one side of the sleeve. We should certainly throw uh, <laughs> FC PetSmart on the other side. <laughs> Why and not? Then FC Malort on the bottom part, like as a tramp stamp, <laughs> like uh, like some of the uh, South American teams, teams have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, too funny. I think better look, than Wonder Bread. So looking at the 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 four, I think I you have to feel like Burnley. Dyche is going to make sure his team get the one nil wins they need, get the one one draws they need. He, uh, you, I just kind of feel like I feel like that about Southampton okay. as well. I for don't some know. reason I know neither do I, but it seems like they're just not very good. But I know, but they seem like they're at least on the same page doing the same <laughs> things. You know, there's a, yeah. a a plan where under Marcuse there was no plan. You know, the I'm, players look confused and didn't know what to do, so they just didn't do anything. I want to trust, and I want to trust Rafa that Rafa will figure out a way to get them through that. But they've also, you know, they're so inconsistent, and and the the overhanging shadow of the ownership, of Mike Ashley, yeah, it just doesn't help. And then and then with Cardiff, I mean, honestly, looking at it from the start of the season, Cardiff's the team that should be going down. We we just figured that's the team that should go down. Yep, they're playing there asses off yeah I, and, um, and now and now before we get into their game now they've got inspiration to play their asses off even more yeah sadly i mean you, you'd rather the player be there and be, be playing of course um but uh update mm-hmm. uh on the sad story before we get into the uplifting one uh about the result um it broke yesterday morning that uh wreckage was found off one of the channel islands um via the private search, partially funded by Angola Conte, uh, amongst other people. And um, uh, the wreckage was found, and they didn't release the photo, but a high-res uh, photo revealed one one uh, body, uh, potentially some remains, uh, still in the aircraft that they could see uh, from the angle they were at. Oh. Don't know if it's the pilot, don't know if it's Salah, they haven't ID'd it, but the families have been notified. Um, most of the... The markings on the side of the plane are the same from what they can tell uh, enough that they're comfortable that that is the wreck. Mm. Um, same type of plane, and I, I, there's don't quote me on this because there's no exact number, but say there was you know seven digits of the the ID number out of nine, they are visible. You know what I'm saying? They're enough that they feel it's comfortable. Okay. Um, so very sad, obviously, uh, a, a terrible story, a, a, a terrible end. Um, there was also, I think it was on Sunday morning, uh, an update that some seat cushions that are standard on that sort of aircraft wash up on a French beach. Mm. So it just, it continued to unfold and continue to get a bit worse. And, um, and it looks like the worst has been, been realized, uh, a preliminary full report is supposed to come out, uh, within 48 hours of yesterday morning. So we should get that sometime tomorrow. Uh, with the time difference, maybe sometime Thursday, um, uh, our time. Well, let's. Talk I'm sorry, to, Wednesday. Let's talk the good news. 
Yeah, Cardiff two nil. Neil Warnock cried, loved it. I just, loved everything about we're, it. We're, and I remember the start of the season. You're like, oh, I hate Neil. Warnock I don't like all, him. And uh, as this season has gone on, his little boyish charm yeah, is an old at man, seventy one years old or just, whatever he is. And then seeing him, you know, walking on the pitch afterwards and applauding all the fans, and then just flat out, you see the tears coming down his face yeah. and him just wiping them away with his hand. You're well, like, what, right before he started to cry. Mm-hmm. After he did his little wind up and hey thing with the fans over on the far side, he put his uh, his hand over his eyes to cover the floodlights, and he, he, you could see him mouthing, "Where is she? Where is she?" I don't know if it was his wife, if it was a grandchild, if it was his daughter. I don't know who it was, a mistress maybe. But he, just kidding. By all accounts, he's a good bloke. But he, uh, but he was covering his eyes. You could see him saying, "Where is she? Where is she?" And then when he spotted her, whoever she was, blew her a kiss, waved to her. And then did the boyish thing again. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> That's cool. We scored goals. And then uh, and then proceeded to turn around, and the flood of emotion just hit him like a ton of bricks, and he started to cry, um, which was brilliant. You can see that he cares. You can see that he's part of the city, part of the team, um, part of the fabric of the club now. <laughs> uh, and the fans, credit to them, um, many dressed in Argentina jerseys, waving Argentinian flags. Uh, many of them had blue shirts with – Salah's uh, face on them um, in a Cardiff City kit mm-hmm. uh, because he had completed his initial photo shoot, I guess, with the club. So uh, he did have, have a couple of pictures in the kit uh, and singing a song that from what I saw live of about 60-odd minutes on, never broke from that song once for the final 30 minutes. Yep, singing the song that they had written that they had planned to sing about yeah, him it, while he was playing. It was very yeah. beautiful. Also, the um, during the moment of silence, the one end had light blue and uh, white cards, and then in yellow, his name listed. So uh, kind of the go. Argentinian colors as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Was- um, and everybody, <laughs> we found out uh, last week that the national flower of Wales is the daffodil. Mm-hmm. which because he didn't have a shirt number and all that stuff, that's why Arsenal put the daffodil there uh, because he was signing for the Welsh team. And um, all of the kind of a, you were welcome here, you were in our hearts already kind right. of gesture is what the idea was. Right. And all of the fans had real daffodils pinned. Uh, every single person I saw on the television had a real daffodil pinned to their chest. Um, and the uh, Neil Warnock as well. And then the players had, of course, the stylized kind of, your flower that you would put on a jersey so you could play football still. Normally they do that with the poppies, with the poppies during yeah. remembrance. It's that time. kind of stylized version that they what, is like a patch on the shirt. Um, the players did that with the daffodil as well. Remembrance Day for them, boys and girls, is kind of like what Veterans Day is for us. For us, it, yeah. It's right around the same time. It's actually, I think it's a whole week in England when they when they honor it. Yeah, they, they do it for a, a week or two, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, but... Yeah, so good on them. Um, I think they honored him well. I hope they continue to. I think this is now going to put them into the category of Leicester City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and be up and down, up and down with this tragedy. Can we turn up today? Can we not? The The one thing that they have, I guess you could say, going for them is he had just signed, and I don't know that they really know him very well. Sure, it's a tragic loss, but it's a little easier if you weren't personally connected to the person yet. Um, um, I, I think that also where you, where you talk about that, it plays into – with Leicester, they're in the middle of the table. They're not going up. They're not going down. Nothing to really worry about. So it's easy to turn your brain off. This tragedy happens. 
in the midst of you fighting for your lives. That's true. Fair that enough. That can also be the kick in the pants that makes you go. Yeah, absolutely. We ain't going down. We're yeah, and let's do this. Let's do this for him. And but you know, blah blah blah. I get that. Um. So the first goal, uh, Cook for Bournemouth throws his arm up for no good reason whatsoever, other than to say, "Hey, Cardiff, I want you to score in the first yeah. minute. Here, please <laughs> do." Let me wave it to you as you run by me. Ugh, I don't know. Now that, that was Bournemouth worries me. Because they've been on a terrible run of form, minus the Chelsea result. Yeah, they have you been. You isolate that one result, good. everything else has been horrendous what? for the last month and a half. I told you back in December, I was like, dude, they've I got know. a tough run, and I but don't know if they're going to be able to better. get out of it. Yeah, it hasn't gotten better besides the Chelsea result, like um, I said. Now, the, the one thing, I wonder if this was, I mean, obviously it was planned because they had the, the t-shirt for of, of um, uh, Salah to hold up. At the end to hold up when right. they scored the penalty, but typically in most situations, like the player will have that T-shirt on underneath their jersey and rip off their jersey. But also in the rules of the game, that's immediately a yellow. You still card. get a yellow for removing your jersey in the first minute of the game. In the first minute of the game, I wonder if they were smart enough to know have a T-shirt. If we score early, we'll hold up the T-shirt. Right. We won't rip off our jersey. Now, from what I got from the highlights when I watched, I thought he grabbed one from the stands and then okay. gave it back to the kid, which okay. is possible. That's totally possible. But um. Yeah, it, you're exactly right. It, we've seen it many times with with a player has a message on their shirt, mm-hmm. even if it's a touching tribute, will rip their shirt off and still receive the yellow card. Right, yeah. always. All oh, that's uh, who was it? We were talking about the other with day. Leicester. It was Amari Gray with Leicester yeah, yeah. or Damari Gray. I'm sorry, with Leicester City. Yeah, Rod, after Shunadapapa died. Yep. And um and he yep. did it. Still got the yellow. We yeah. were pissed about it then. Yeah, and the ref didn't like giving him the yellow either. No, he, he was just looked, like, I'm sorry. He dude. looked ashamed doing it. Yeah. Oh. But it was really touching. It was uh, it was beautiful to see, and uh, unfortunately, um, our degenerate gambling friend Pat wasn't aware of the circumstances and bet them in a parlay and promptly lost his uh, his lost that bet, which made him lose the other two bets in part of the parlay because he was already two of the three there, Ooh. and then he picked Bournemouth and uh, Bournemouth under normal win. circumstances they probably would have been correct. Oh yeah. But Absolutely. with everything that came out, with everything that was happening, uh, Cardiff really did just lift their performance. Yep. And Neil Warnock even said in the dressing room, he said, you know, Salah should have been here. He should have been playing. Let's put in a performance for him. That's what he said. That was his pre-match talk. I mean, it wrote itself. Now it's time to tell you what little we know. It's prediction time. Or what little Sam knows. Big Sam, that is. Because I know a lot. You know one more than me. Uh, are we tied now? You went no, no. You're up by one because we oh, were tied last week. Excuse me, Melissa. See, we have the first lead change of the season. Uh, prompting exactly what little you know because you're not even aware of it. Uh, Sam goes six and four this week. I go five and five. Um, he, if he would have gotten a draw in the Arsenal City match, he'd be up on me by two. But That's I came right. back and got that one. So we're hey, the Sam, wave has crested. And I'm like uh, uh, Kelly, whatever his name is, the surfer guy. It's it's only a matter of time. Riding it. Riding the wave, man. It's only a matter of time before you <laughs> cough it back up. Sam's at 126 and 104. I'm at 125 and 105. So um, middle of the week, we've got an extra game added because of the uh, League Cup. Not at a good time for my team. On Wednesday, normally I'd be like, great, I'll play hooky. I'll go watch the game. No, I'm not going to play hooky. I'm just going to listen to the game on my phone because um, I really don't want to see it. Um, 
Everton are going to be hosting Manchester City. Uh, City will take advantage of the opportunity to go atop of the table, and they're going to beat us 3-1, to one, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was 7 nothing. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, FC PetSmart rolling over to play with their kitty toys and uh, losing 3-1 also. Yep. To FC uh, Hemi I, Engine. We'll be, we'll be high on catnip. <laughs> um, so the weekend starts with uh, United heading to Craven Cottage to face uh, Fulham. I see United just rolling because Fulham's falling apart 3-0 to United. I've got 4-1 because I still think there's questions of that United defense and Mitro can take advantage of something. But United rolls nonetheless because Fulham's defense is absolute trash. All right, so we got five midday games as uh, West Ham go to Palace in a London derby. I'm going to say 2-2, but who the F knows with these two sides because they're both completely unpredictable. I have the same thing with the same note written. Absolutely. I have 2-2 uh, as well. I, either one could win, and I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, like, West Ham losing the – granted, there was a lot of changes to the side, but they lose in the cup to Wimbledon Yeah, and then turn around and huh. beat – not just uh, lose, get their asses kicked by yeah, Wimbledon. And then turn around and should have beaten, sorry, got a draw against Liverpool. <laughs> I, who knows? Yeah. Um, Huddersfield hosts the Gunners, 4-1 to one to Arsenal easily. Uh, Huddersfield to get a goal just because your defense is awful. Yeah, same thing. I, well, not same thing. I've got 3-1, to one, but for the same reason, yeah. Uh, Liverpool welcome the Cherries, and the Reds will finally get a win because they need one. But I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'm going 2-1. to one. Ooh, I've got 3-0. Okay. You think they're going to be convincing. Excellent. Uh, South- they're just in such bad nick, Bournemouth, at the moment. Um, so this will be a very interesting one to actually – actually, normally you would say, oh, two bad teams. I wouldn't want to watch this. It would act- This one's actually probably going to be a pretty decent match. Southampton at home facing Cardiff. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Ooh, I've got a 2-1 Southampton win being at home. <laughs> okay. Um. And then the final midday game have uh, Everton get to lead out to Z Cars, even though it is at Watford. They both play the same entrance music. <laughs> um, oh God. Do y'all do I, suck it when you get out there too, like uh, Degeneration X or whoever that was in the <laughs> WWE? No, we do not. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta feel like at some point this team bounces back, and I think a good proper ass-whooping to City will be what does it. I'm going to go 2-1 to one Everton. Simply because I don't really think Watford really give a damn anymore. All right, so just to complete the dig, Mm -hmm. that's the only group I could think of that were 22 mediocre people that all played the same music when they walked out to do something, to do the same thing. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I've got 2-2 because um, Watford's going to, I think, not be able to really figure you out. They've had a tough time scoring goals, as we said. Couldn't do it against Brighton. Uh, I think it was midweek. Um, so I think you guys got two to two on this one. And that'll conclude four games in 12 days for Everton. Yeah. Uh, tough, tough stretch. Uh, final game of the day on Saturday has Brighton hosting Burnley. Um, I'm going to give two to one to Brighton only because they're at home. But this ought to be a very low scoring match. I wouldn't be surprised if it was one, one nil or nil nil. I've got one one. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you there. All right, so Sunday has two games. First, we have the Foxes heading to London to face the Spurs. I'm going to go 2-1 to one to Tottenham. I've got 2-2 two, two because Leicester has been very good away from home lately against the bigger sides. Okay. So I think they could give them problems. Excellent. And then Manchester City host Chelsea in the big one because uh, 
Ooh, that's going to be a good match. Yeah, thigh rubber. But I think City exacts some revenge, and I'm going to say they win three to one. And Ooh. I think, and I think they're going to put the sticks to them because this is one of those games. The way City and Pep and his boys think, this is one in the back of their minds, and they're going to be like, "Oh, we want to put a whooping on them." Yeah, and I could completely agree with that for the that exact reason. I don't know if Iguain has now settled and is hitting on all cylinders. I picked three two. Because I don't know what Chelsea's forward line is going to produce. Yeah, Iguain scored goals on the team formerly known as Huddersfield. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I don't know. But a striker of his caliber could give him all the confidence he needs. You know? I, I don't know. All right. So, finally, Monday night football. We have uh, Newcastle to head to Wolverhampton. Uh, tougher game to pick than one would think. I'm going to go 2-1 to one Wolves. But this feels like one of those games Rafa can scrap something out in. I've got two one wolves also, um, but it, also, it does it does wolves, feel like one of those draws that Rafa would earmark at the beginning of the season. And wolves play down to their competition. We've yeah, seen absolutely. that regularly. When they 100%. play a team equal or better, they play their butts off against them. They play a crappy team, they tend they to tend, sleepwalk. Yeah, absolutely, I'm completely with you. And uh, once again, boys and girls, if you noticed, we picked um, what was it, eleven games there, uh, not just ten games. Yep, that is because the rearranged fixtures from the Carabao Cup final that is to take place at the end of the month uh, between City and Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea did not have their game rearranged to this midweek because they have Brighton and Brighton drew West Bromwich Albion in the FA Cup. So they're playing this week. Those replays are this midweek, exactly. So you have Chelsea idle midweek, right? And then Mm -hmm. they'll play, uh, they'll be idle again the week of the Carabao Cup final. And as so that they'll happens, have two games in hand. As that also happens, uh, everybody, there's going to be weeks where we may only be talking about six games for the weekend right. because four teams are still playing in the FA Cup and the FA Cup's yep. playing at the same time. So, so they'll need to catch games up, move stuff to midweek, yeah. do you know this and that. So. so there'll be lots of bouncing around, but we'll keep you where you need to be. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it our best try. <laughs> So, in the latest edition of We're Too Old for This Shit, we're not too old for this shit. We just got out-cheated. Well, we talked about that on Thursday. We just do, we're, didn't play. We don't play yet. We play tomorrow. Yeah, I know. But I just wanted to reiterate that the other team cheated, and they're a bunch of twats. Okay. Do you feel better about yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Excellent. So, uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. <laughs> Sammy, do you have any parting words? I do, actually. I've written my own monologue. Oh, Wow. All right. Let's talk about television ratings and trophy presentations. Oh, and why are sports with this why one. our sports are better than 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 uh, our sports being football is better than American football? Okay, as it should properly be known, even here. <laughs> Sassy. Yeah. So, uh, as many of you know, uh, the the other cheaters, much like the team that we played last Tuesday, uh, won the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots. I thought you'd be happy. I thought you'd be rooting for him because you'd want Kroenke not no, to win No, I couldn't trophy. bring my – I was rooting for the commercials, what I was rooting for, and they didn't deliver either, except Bud Light. That was pretty funny. <laughs> they had a couple of pretty good ones, and they were brazen. Brass balls calling out Miller Light the way they did. Yeah, and you're a Miller Light drinker. I know. It was funny. I'll take all the corn syrup. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, the trophy presentation. Let's start with that. Uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots – 
uh, was on the field, on the stage, not a player in sight uh, when the camera panned in on him, uh, and the trophy was handed over by the NFL commissioner to him uh, as his checkbook promptly fell out of his pocket, and um, apparently he forgot his shoulder pads up in a skybox. He didn't do anything. He didn't play. He didn't do anything. He signed a bunch of people with the money that he spent, and that's all that he did. After that, it was left to the players and the coach. Even, for me, even handed to the coach. At least he had a hand in it. At least he did something. But that's what I love about football. The coach normally is the last person to receive their medal and not close to the trophy presentation. The trophy is handed to the captain of the team, the guy that played, or didn't play but had a hand in the competition because he was hurt or the whatever. Guy who, the guy who led that team. It happened. It, it, the trophy is given to the, the people that put in the blood, sweat, and tears, not the people that signed the checks. So while it was a little sweet to not see Crunky lift another trophy, he didn't know what it was. Um, it still pisses me off because we should just start calling this what grinds my gears. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just use this section of bitch nowadays. <laughs> um, boy, but you it, like re- to bitch. it really made me mad again. Uh, and I hate seeing it every time that the owner gets presented with a trophy on the back of the hard work of other men. With a pen stroke, you don't deserve to lift the prize at the end of it. Yeah, in most situations, it, it's almost always the, you know, the captain holds up the trophy, then, you know, with the team, then they all pass it around, yep. and then it gets passed to the whole coaching staff, and then normally goes back to the captain, and the captain then presents the trophy to the owner. To the owner, yeah. But after, um, we're talking like the trainers, everybody who's yeah. like in the box on Everyone the Everyone that has a real job during the season. They all touch it first. They yeah. all, they hoist it in the air first. Absolutely. And then the last person to hoist it in the air is the owner, because... You know what? It ain't going anywhere once the owner's got it. It's going in a case in his yeah. stadium and that he, also he owns. Did, he didn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't do anything. You know, I hate that know, bothers the shit out of me. I would also like to call out real quick mm-hmm. the um, uh, the arrogance of Americans, uh, because I don't think anybody really pays attention to this. The Super Bowl ratings for this year, the preliminary ratings uh, were out. And I want to thank one of my uh, Charm City Gooner friends, Steve uh, Goodman, for putting this up on Facebook. Um, no surprise, it was widely speculated before the game that ratings would be down. Uh, the New England Patriots Super Bowl win over the Rams was seen by 100.7 million viewers, the smallest Super Bowl audience in over a decade. Couple that with the, uh, what was it, 1.7 billion with a B or something that tuned into the World Cup final mm-hmm. this past summer? Right. So a drop in the bucket of in, in television ratings, Right. And for anybody that tells me that, for instance, Stan Kroenke is not bleeding Arsenal dry to pay for the Rams is ridiculous. Because football brings in more viewers worldwide, brings in more television money, brings in more revenue, period, than the NFL does. Multiple competitions, more chances to be on TV, the rights are worth more, you're streaming to everywhere in the world where the NFL isn't. Come on, man. Get over yourselves. Uh, lastly, uh, Arsenal's transfer budget for the summer was just uh, first rumor dropped. Mm-hmm. Also, really pisses me off. Okay, just forty million to spend. Just forty million to spend. Yep. Okay, so that's three things. You got anything more you want to bitch about? No, nah, I think that's it. Okay, you good? Yeah, I'm okay. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> Sound like bitter soccer fan. Um, <laughs> I might even do another shot of Malort for this. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't stop you. I'm not. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, boys and girls. For Sam Graham, this is Sam Houston. Sammy, I'd like to take a moment to recognize you for your professional ability to flawlessly execute the transfer deadline recap last week. (laughs) 
And formally, I would like to welcome you to the name Assassin Club. Till next week, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Black and orange stray cat sitting on a fence. Ain't got enough dough to pay the rent. I'm flat broke, but I don't care. I strut right by with my tail in the air. Stray cat strut, I'm a Tottenham is a good team. Show title. <laughs> well, it will not be the show title. <laughs> Hashtag Easter egg. That's right. <laughs>